Welcome to the Chikmi Kjeltsing podcast show. My name is Chikmi Kjeltsing. Each week you'll hear fascinating conversations as well as stories from many professionals from a broad range of fields and experiences they've had. On today's episode, I have the great pleasure to chat with Kelly Lang. Kelly, a nationally acclaimed country singer-songwriter, producer with a long-standing illustrious career, produced tracks for iconic artists such as Ricky Skaggs, The Oak Ridge Boys, George Jones, just to name a few, and who's scheduled to release a new album later this year. She joins me now to talk more about it. Welcome, Kelly. Hi there. Thank you for having me today. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, it's such an honor to um, interview such a long-standing professional in the business. Um, I've never had someone who's had your resume uh, on the podcast, and uh, it's such a pleasure. Um, well, thank you. Where are you, where is your uh, home? Where are you? Uh, I'm in Toronto, Canada. Wow. Good long way from here. I've got a lot of Canadian fans. I, I love it up there. I need to come up there and travel, don't I? I mean, you sure you sure do. I mean, think about it. I think Shania Twain has been one of the main inspirations behind sort of the powerhouse of Canadian country music. Yes. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, she and I used to be on Music City Tonight together when she started out. And uh, I'm actually going to see her in concert in a couple of weeks out in Vegas. So I'm, I'm looking forward to reconnecting with her. Wow, that's actually uh, really interesting. Uh, I was seeing some videos on TikTok about her, um, Shania Twain performing at Boots and Hearts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what a talent, a, huh? Yeah, I mean, I've I've been wanting to go to a concert so badly. Um, you know, like a lot of people are shocked about this. That like I haven't gone to a concert in my life yet, and so really, and you love music as much as you do. Wow, yeah. you're in for an experience. Yeah, so I'm I'm trying to save up with like. I think in terms of who I really want to see. And I, I've always said that I wanted to go see my first concert to be special. And I wanted to go see the people that might be sort of retiring soon. You know, some of the long time artists like Lionel Richie and Celine oh. Dion, you know, when I want uh, to get that, I want to get that last look at them once they yes, know, come I've off seen the Lionel road. several times and he's a really dear friend of mine. I've yet to meet Celine, but I've seen her several times in concert and I would say, you know, she in particular is the best performer. Oh my gosh. When you do see her, you're going to lose your mind. So be prepared. (laughs) She's amazing. And Lionel is so fascinating. The songs that he's contributed to our, to our world has been, you know, life altering and, and you hear them all the time, everywhere you go. And uh, he's so, such a down to earth guy. You would love him. Absolutely. And with that being said, I want to ask you this right off the bat. Why did you get into music? What was it about the whole thing that really got you interested in it? Well, I believe I was born into it. Um, My dad was Conway Twitty's road manager. And uh, although I didn't have Conway's genetics, I had his passion for what he did. I got to see as a little kid on the side of the stage and I saw the passion of the audience that they they loved him and loved his music so much. And I thought, wow, that would be fun. You know, so I began writing at a very young age. And when we moved over to Nashville from Oklahoma with Conway, um, I began singing at church things and, and any event I could possibly get into. 
and started doing local TV here. And I just kept going. I, I probably had more passion than talent when I first began, but I just loved the energy and the business and the people that I met through Conway were just fascinating, you know, and uh, they have now become very close friends. And I actually ended up marrying T.G. Shepard, who is a country artist himself. And so uh, collectively, we have really interesting, fun friends. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, you know, I've, I've seen uh, some of your videos uh, when you're out and out on the road and you're performing at concerts. Um, when you're seeing all those videos and you're performing all these hit songs that have been hits for a number of years mm -hmm. from the list down it goes i mean you performed islands in the stream uh, which is a huge hit from kenny rogers and dolly parton and then you go to the recent one that you released was a cover of gladys knight and the pips midnight train to georgia uh what a powerhouse uh of a vocals that gladys knight has and um can you talk to me more about sort of the inspirations behind your musical catalog? Yeah, well, I grew up obviously listening to Conway and, but my mom really was a great, um, I don't know, she just loved all different types of music. There was Gladys Knight, Frankie Valli, um, Barbara Mandrell, Conway, Elvis. So there was just a, a lot of different types of music in my household. And so it wasn't just country. Although I started out in country, I clearly moved into a pop arena and um, I've thoroughly enjoyed Michael Buble's career. I love that he does a lot of remakes, but he makes them his own. And although I'd write a lot of my own music and write for a lot of other artists, my enjoyment and my pleasure comes from remaking these hit songs that brought me back really great memories when I was a kid. And I did it just as a fun thing at first. And I didn't know how well it would be received, especially during the pandemic. I was worried about releasing anything, but something really magical happened, Jigme. It was when I released that, it brought people who were going through really panicking times and scary times. It brought people back to a time when they were having fun and they had good memories of that era. So um, that album did really good for me. It was called Old Soul. And so there was a lot of songs I didn't get to on that album. So we're now doing volume two. Old Soul 2 will be out in November. And Midnight Train to Georgia was one of those songs that I grew up with uh, listening to around the house. And I'm a huge fan of Gladys Knight. And not to try to outdo her, you cannot outdo her. But just in honor of her and in honor of how great her music is, I, I just was thrilled to put this on this new album. Mm -hmm. And I've listened to Old Soul Volume 1 already. And I have to say that there are some of the classic hits that I've loved. Um, one of them is Easy uh, from oh. the Commodores. Um, such a beautifully written song. And there's a funny story of how Lionel Richie and Kenny Rogers came together as well. Um, I remember the story he told about, I think it was on CMT Crossroads, and um, Kenny was talking about how they written that song. Um, you know, Lionel came to him about the song he pitched it to the Commodores first. The Commodores declined it, uh, declined a song called Lady. Yes. And so Lionel went to Kenny and really like put a demo on him. And all he had to say was Lady, right? Like that word. And, and Kenny was like, how could they decline that song? <laughs> um, right, like, and like it was actually written as "Baby, You're Mine." It, it was it was totally different in the very beginning. I tell you a funny thing on my phone. 
Kenny Rogers called one time and on my voicemail, when you, when you call me, I say, hello, is it me you're looking for? So Kenny left me a message and it says, yes, lady, um, you're not, <laughs> so I have his voicemail on my phone. I hope I never lose that. It was such a classic time for me. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I'm, I'm just going to say that right there is going to be like the highlight of my life now. Just, <laughs> just, just having, just having you share that story. It's, it's, it's amazing. I've been a fan of Kenny Rogers for a while. I, I've already collected so many records uh, from so many different artists from Creedence Clearwater Revival to Lionel Richie. Um, I'm trying to get Celine Dion, but it's very hard and it's expensive to get her records nowadays. And and those right. things and i i don't know it's about something about records is so interesting um you know and i know that uh, i'm a big fan of, of tony bennett and i know you had you had the pleasure of meeting tony himself man um, you have done your homework my goodness it was it was a brief encounter i will say but life altering i i, I cannot believe i was able to meet him and enjoy his talent one of my favorite things about tony is that you know, he was younger at the time and his, he was very mindful at the time, which we know now he's dealing with that. Um, but that night that I saw him, it was in Mississippi. And at one moment he took the mic away and he sang bold and beautiful without a microphone and people in the back of the room could hear everything he said. He was just, he was like a megaphone of a vocal. It was, it was amazing and masterful you know he was he's the best <laughs> absolutely and you know uh, i was at the record store uh, recently and i remember seeing lady gaga and tony bennett's uh, uh vinyl record love for sale oh um, wow and it was the only one available in the store uh i i didn't i didn't end up buying it because it was so expensive it was around like 35 45 dollars oh, to get it and i can understand it i mean it's brand new it's fresh um, it's recent. And so I think it's more so like, I'm going to wait till the price drops so I can get it. Um, yeah. yeah, but Tony Bennett is such a, a classical artist and, you know, I've seen his sort of when he's slowly on, on the decline, but he still sings fly me to the moon. So perfectly in his voice and his age, I was kind of blown away by it. I was like, Whoa, this is amazing for, Somebody they say, that, yeah, they yeah. say that the um, the musical part of the brain is the last to go. And uh, so I guess it's understandable that his talent would still remain intact where, you know, it's, it's confusing to think that he could still remember songs like that and be able to be so, so mindful and then yet not know what he had for lunch. That's what they, they say anyway, but um, the human brain is very mysterious. Mm -hmm. And speaking of uh, heroes, I mean, listening to your music, especially in the first um, volume of Old Soul, I could not help but like notice that there are these intriguing fusions of different artists, artistry sort of inspirations behind that album. Um, can you talk to me more about those sort of inspirations behind that specific album? Well, I did so many songs, like I, I loved Rita Coolidge. I did uh, Your Love Is Lifting Me Higher. I get to meet her, I would love to. Um, I did Stings, Every Breath You Take, um, My Eyes Adore You by Frankie Valli. There's such a wide array of, of different artists, uh, songs that I covered, Easy, like you said. I did Celine Dion all by myself. And that was a, a personal challenge for me because 
you know, I wanted to do that song justice by hitting that note. Now I would never sing it publicly, <laughs> but it was a one-time thing in the studio that I was able to capture. So that was kind of neat, but um, all of these are just personal challenges for me. And uh, again, in honor of the artists that came before, sometimes people forget that I'm a songwriter at heart. That's my first and main thing that I love to do. But um, my my fun time is bringing these songs to life in the studio with the musicians that the musicians generally here in Nashville have to play um, new songs all the time. So when they're able to play songs that they're familiar with, they have fun. You know, we just have a fun time in the studio reminiscing and um, the people that that end up with this collection, they end up enjoying the the different songs in the collection because they're from different different eras. Mm -hmm. And you're just talking about personal challenges. Can you explain more like behind the most toughest parts of being in the industry and especially in your career? Oh my goodness. You know, I, the only thing I can say is you have to have really, really tough skin in this business. And, and I'm a really sensitive person. I am, <clears throat> I'm a kind person and I hope to be treated kindly back, but that's not always the case. You know, you, you put yourself out there and people are very quick to judge and quick to tell you what they don't like. And I'm quite the opposite of that. I always tend to find things I do love about people and, and then I'm surprised when I don't later. Um, so that's kind of difficult, you know, and people assumed that I had a lot of help in the music business because of my association with Conway, where it was quite the opposite. I had to really prove myself even more Conway never gave me a, a, a leg up. He never was one to, um, I never went to him for advice or for help, I should say, but people assumed that I did. And I just really wanted to make it on my own. And um, I, I hope that people understood that it wasn't because it was handed to me. If, if anything else, I had to work twice as hard. Right, right. And, you know, it's so interesting that you talk on you know, the hardest parts of the business and, and the most challenging aspects of it. But can you talk to me more about what you enjoy most about it and what gives you the thrill to just go out on stage and perform for the audiences? I love connecting to hearts and, you know, I wouldn't have met you otherwise through, you know, but music. And I love that music is a connector and I love that it is a, um, Music is what feelings sound like. Sometimes when we can't really put our, our thoughts on paper or an idea to, to come to mind, music can really bring a tear to your eye or a smile on your face. And uh, I, I really am blessed to be able to use that as my, my tool. Um, the music industry to me is, um, is kind of, it, it's a wonderful thing. I love that people can connect and know who you are. But sometimes when you lose your privacy, that's a little different. It's a little difficult. But in general, I love people so much. I love to learn from people and hopefully can be an inspiration to others that, that see my stuff. Mm -hmm. And you were just talking about sort of your love to just to connect with hearts of, of people yeah. and connect with fans. And so that brings me to my next question. Um, when, when you're performing out on stage or you have fans or artists especially compliment you by saying you've inspired me or you're an icon in the business or you're a legend. Uh, what goes through your mind at those certain moments? 
<laughs> it's it's really hard to um, express that because I don't feel that. I, I just feel like I'm doing my own thing and um, I don't have any uh, grandiose ideas of what I am being I'm humbled by that, I should say. It's it's really funny to hear somebody introduce me as that um, because there's so many more people well-deserving, more deserving of that. I just lost my dear friend, Olivia Newton-John yesterday. I put her in that status. I put her in that um, position. However, I learned a lot from her. I learned, um, I, I learned a lot of life lessons from her she never thought of herself as being anything but just Olivia. She never realized the value of her. So perhaps that's a good thing that you don't realize one's value sometimes. Mm -hmm. Right. And obviously my heart goes out to you. My heart goes out to everyone who's very close to Olivia and, and has been affected personally by her. Um, and I mean, yes, I, I, I didn't hear about her at first until uh, this whole flood of news came in and and then I started to listen to some of the music and then you start to slowly understand sort of what the lasting impact is. You don't have to listen to every song. You can listen to one song and be so attached to it. And that's the power of music, right? Like how you can be so connected even well, through one not music. Only, not only was she so powerful in music, but in movies, you know, she did the movie Grease and Xanadu and so many, you know, different change like the song physical she changed the the dynamics of the way we listen to music after she did that song and on a, on a friendship basis on a personal level she was a cancer survivor and i am too and so we learned she calls it cancer thriver which i like that word um i learned a lot of how to live life appreciatively and and boldly and and take chances and and still all the same time being humble and kind. And I think that everybody could have learned from her. Absolutely. And you're just talking about um, your struggle with breast cancer and, and surviving that. Um, can you talk to me more about how you sort of push yourself through that, those challenging times? And, and especially with my mom, who's had breast cancer herself too. Oh, I'm and, sorry to hear that. And, and who's, but she's, she survived it because we caught it early. Um, but can you talk to me more about how you sort of gave yourself that encouragement that just to keep going and to keep smiling? Well, I am, I'm a Christian and I feel like my faith had a lot to do with my ability to have a smile on my face. I, um, I wouldn't want to go back through it again. Don't get me wrong, but I learned such incredible lessons during that time of compassion and empathy for other people. I've learned to, um, I live big and bold, whereas I was a little cautious and maybe negative before. I, I appreciate the sky being bluer and the grass being greener. I, I eat off the good china now. You know, I don't wait for a special day. Every day is special. And I might not have learned that lesson otherwise, you know. And um, I, I've been told that my smile or the, my attitude in going through that has been helpful to others, but you know, you don't know until somebody tells you, I was just being me. I was just being what I felt that I needed to be to raise my two daughters during that time. I didn't want them to see me as weak or scared. And perhaps it came off as brave. I didn't realize I was being brave. I was just, I was just doing me, you know, and um, if someone was helped by that, that's wonderful. I ended up writing a book um, 
just last year about my experience with breast cancer. And to be honest with you, I had forgotten a lot of what I'd gone through probably on purpose because I'm just kind of like, it's over. I don't want to think about it anymore. But during the pandemic, I was cleaning out my garage and I found a bunch of notes that I had written for my daughters. Um, and I decided to write a book and compile that and, and talk about my music industry and, and friends that I've met along the way. And Olivia wrote the foreword for my book. And uh, I even have a whole chapter dedicated to her in there and, and what she's meant to me. So if somebody has read my book, it's called I'm Not Going Anywhere. I think you'll see more in depth of how I handled that situation and, and uh, how I grew from that. Absolutely. And um, when you're talking about compiling uh, different things, I want to end this interview off by asking you about now as we look forward to the future. I know you were talked about at the beginning of your, your new album, Old Soul Volume 2, coming out in November. What can mm -hmm. you tell us about that? Well, we've got a new single coming out um, and you'll recognize the song. I don't want to give it away just yet. You'll recognize the song. Um, it comes out August the 26th and the album will actually come out November the 11th. We've got a few singles that are going to drop before it actually comes out. Some surprises are going to come in there that you will be really shocked about. And then um, at the first of the year, I'm going to be actually on a duet project with Olivia. Um, a lot of people that she recorded duets with that should come out uh, sometime in the first quarter. And um, you'll be seeing a lot of, uh, of unusual things for me, things I'm challenging myself to do that are outside of my normal box. So I'm looking forward to sharing those with you. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much, Kelly, for taking your time out to talk with me today. I had an incredible time chatting with you. Um, you too. To the listeners who have made it this far into the episode, thank you so much for sticking around. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with the country singer, songwriter, and producer Kelly Lang. You can find her on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. For further information about her, you can visit kellylang.net. For those of you who would like to help spread the word about my podcast, you can do so by sharing with others or posting about it on social media. Uh, any form of support is appreciated. Thanks again for listening. I've been your host, Jigme Kelsing. See you in the next episode.